Well, I mean, apparently you can have celebrities as your Patronus. Hello and welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els! <laughs> and I'm Specs. Today we're going to be talking about episode number 30, Megatron's Master Plan, part 1. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Sure. Today, we open in Central City, where the mayor is opening a solar energy facility. They really didn't get up enough hype for this thing, because, uh, like, the building's huge and there's only, you know, maybe 30 people at the grand opening? You know, this was before the days of social media. How do you get people to go something like that? <laughs> Flyers? Newspaper? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this was just an internal thing, but giving a speech. Yeah, I mean, like, they do normally do that, but still, it was really funny, because it was just, like, so few people in, like, this giant area. Mm-hmm. But the Seekers decide to disrupt this little event. And then elsewhere we see an obviously evil businessman happy that the Seekers have taken the bait. Oh god, he literally is committing frickin' insurance fraud! He's also participating in some good old-fashioned political sabotage against the mayor, just like Grandpappy used to do. <sighs> oh hi, thrust Ramjet Dirge and Starscream! Three of whom I don't think have ever actually been named before or no they haven't they they've showed up because we made we made numerous jokes about thrust inappropriate um placements and a few that's, episodes that's true so i know they've popped up i'm like how many times have their names been said i don't really know and they also can apparently summon energon cubes like empty ones from out of thin air during this too this is a revelation <laughs> They land and try to steal energy from the facility, but they are attacked by hidden tanks instead. The mayor intuits that this is Mr. Evil Businessman's plan all along, and grabs a microphone from a random reporter and yells, Get me the Autobots into it! Ah, so this is a honeypot for Decepticons then? I mean, that's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Starscream shoots one of the tanks with his null ray, and after, you know, like a five second delay, uh, all three of the line of tanks that it's a part of blows up. We see the humans hiding behind several vehicles, except for a lone cameraman who is taping everything. That man is braver than any U.S. Marine. <laughs> the Autobots show up extremely quickly. We had thought they were perhaps in the Midwest or something here, but with how quickly they arrived, is this facility actually in Oregon? No, no, they're always road tripping. They're always nearby should Decepticon strike. You know, except for that one time they had to drive across uh, the country to D.C. when they drove like 200 miles per hour with Prowl in the lead. <laughs> so who all we got today? Uh, Optimus, Smokescreen, Ironhide, Trax, Bumblebee, and Warpath. Oh, and Spike. You know, he's tagging along too. Of course. The Seekers go to escape, but Trax pursues. Because guess what, kids? Trax is a flying Corvette Stingray. He is... Somehow not aerodynamic in the slightest, but he is still doing that thing. Trax can also apparently shoot a blinding beam. Or a localized ray of darkness around someone. I don't know what the hell that- I don't know how the hell that's supposed to work. And then rams Trax out of the air. <laughs> and Trax does a nifty little somersault as he lands, so he ends up stylishly on his butt. <laughs> as you do. The rest of the Autobots all start shooting at Starscream, who's still on the ground for some reason. 
Starscream uh, rather piteously whines for help from Thrust as he collapses to the ground. I mean, none of this makes any sense. Not really. Thrust then knocks down most of the Autobots with missiles except Smokescreen who shoots him with his shoulder laser. Starscream orders a retreat and Optimus continues to shoot at them as they fly off. Well, that seems morally questionable. The Autobots can have a little moral ambiguity, you know, as a treat. A little? <laughs> Bumblebee says, we sure showed them, Spike. Bee, did you, did you even do anything during that entire fight? Well, we certainly didn't show up, but maybe they were on crowd control. Bee is a very good public relations guy for the Autobots. I suppose somebody has to be. The mayor thanks them and says he wants to honor all of them at City Hall. Businessman McEvil is quite angry because he wanted to be the hero and chase off the Decepticons with the tanks. He orders his bodyguard out of his office so he can think! Then he picks up an oddly familiar tape, which wasn't there in earlier scenes. Oh, hi, Laserbeak. He cowers and then calls for his guards, but Laserbeak picks him up, shoots the window, and flies off carrying him. One of Laserbeak's chores for today was some light kidnapping. Yep. So he flies the businessman to a cliff overlooking the city, and then he drops him on his ass, extremely unceremoniously. Where Megatron was apparently waiting this entire time and says, Greetings, Mr. Burger! Because that is... that's this dude's name, guys. Yup! So, Compare yourself. Yup. <laughs> Megatron and Soundwave definitely knew this guy had set up a trap before they sent the Seekers out to the solar facility. This just in, a tiny human man threatens a 40-feet megalomaniac by saying, I'm a big man in these parts, while scooting away on his butt. Why are there so many butts? Did, did, did Tina write this episode? <laughs> <laughs> Megatron decides to take the gaslighting route, insinuating the Autobots are evil ones. Ah, the power of public relations! And Megatron's just like, ah, yeah, we gotta get us some of that. And then he proceeds to pick the most sleazy human available, because <laughs> great for manipulation. Yes, but um, doesn't really do much for your public image to other people, I suppose. Oh, it doesn't, but the guy's got the money. True. And then uh, the Hamburglar asks... <laughs> the Hamburglar asks what's in it for him if he helps prove that the Autobots are evil. And Megatron says, all that you survey! <laughs> You can have everything that the light touches. Burger Man says that Megatron has to prove the Autobots are evil, and then he'll help. Megatron orders Dirge to return their friend home. Megs even bends down and cups his hands to pick Burger up. Megatron is using all of the charisma for this right now, and he rolled real good. Either that or Burger's perception is complete shit. Oh. But the most questionably hilarious thing about all of this is that Burger then just sort of lays back and brings his leg up, legs up in Megatron's hands. Like, he greatly resembles a hamster during this. He's just like, ah, oh, perfect place to relax is in a giant warlord's hand. That sounds like a very specific kink. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then after Dirge and McBurger leave... Megatron starts laughing at how gullible this dude was because he ain't getting diddly. Megatron's just like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm the best liar. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and sometime later, Burger is in a helicopter over an oil field when Optimus, Sunstreaker, Ironhide, and Wheeljack show up and uh, start stealing energy. Burger records this. 
For real though, Peter Cullen doing an evil laugh gives me life. It's great. But they start doing this with Energon cubes, which is something we never, ever, ever, ever see the Autobots use. They're always used by the cons. I think the only energy source that we see uh, the Autobots using are like Energon conduits. Like they're these things that V and Wheeljack are collecting in the first episodes and then those silly beds from a few episodes back. <laughs> the only two beds inside the entire arc. All gotta squeeze in. <laughs> gotta take turns. In full view of literally everyone else. Gotta buddy up. So many questions. Optimus shoots at the helicopter before Megatron and some of the Seekers show up to save the humans. Well that's one line that should never come out of Megatron's mouth ever. Things go pew pew and Decepticons ultimately win. And then uh, Megatron contacts Burger and asks if he believes him now. Which, you know, watching what Megatron is selling, he totally does. Uh, things are going so fast. <laughs> so a lot happens in the episode, to be honest. Yep. Back in Central City, we cut to a banner that reads, Autobot Day! It's like, a parade! A parade of Autobots! All in car mode! That seems a lot less interesting than if they were in robot mode. Yep. Then they all enter City Hall with no apparent problems. Somehow. I mean, I, clearly they removed some walls, but... God, the structural, structural integrity of that building. <laughs> the mayor is in the middle of giving a speech when Mr. Burgermeister Meister Burger threatens a tech to play the evil Autobot footage he recorded or else lose his job. And instead of playing the footage from a solar plant where the Autobots saved the humans, we get some Megatron propaganda instead. Is that way to edit this? That or Megatron took the editing into his own hands. I would believe that, or he was looking for poor Soundwave's shoulder like the entire time being a backseat driver or editor. Just imagine Megatron being like, video editing is my passion. <laughs> Optimus says, it's an obvious fake. They'll never believe it. Oh, Optimus, I think you forget how stupid humans are. <laughs> we then get some footage of Evil Wheeljack blasting the Coneheads with a ray that makes them say, we want to steal energy and destroy, or something like that. Yeah, and in the crowd, Spike's just like, this is bullshit! Yep, and the last clip shows the Autobots in the Ark scheming to take over the Earth. I mean, props to the Decepticons for having built a believable copy of the Teletran 1 room. Possibly even a green screen. Uh, between Soundwave and Cassettes, they could probably edit whatever they wanted. I mean, honestly, all they really need to do is get a recording of the Autobots talking in the arc and then Double edit it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a really funny image. I mean, they have that voice thing. They do! They have many things to impersonate all of, like, at least Optimus. Not to mention, they probably do it for all the Autobots, so yeah. Yeah. And B, being our public relations manager, is like, Mayor, you can't actually believe this. The mayor is trying to be, you know, diplomatic in his verbal response while not so subtly waving over security. <laughs> like, that's gonna do a fat lot of good with giant robots, <laughs> unless they feel like being you know, agreeable. <laughs> right? The Autobots go to return to the Ark as uh, humans chuck fruit and vegetables at them and tell them to go home! Well, that was quick. You guys were just having a parade! I mean, yeah, and that seems like a waste of perfectly good produce, and why did they even have it? Were they looking forward to throwing things? Were people on their way home from grocery shopping? <laughs> All of the people were on their way home from grocery shopping. 
And the mob begins calling Spike, Sparkplug, and Chip Autobot lovers, and it almost looks like they're going to assault them before they get into Bumblebee and leave. It's kind of horrifying, honestly. <laughs> and uh, back at the Ark, uh, Sunstreaker rats rants about humans being unreliable. Spike is literally right there, man. <laughs> yep. And then, Mr. Hembegesa Conqu- Oh, I can't say that. You're going to have to say that. <laughs> Mr. Hembegesa Conqueso arrives and orders the Autobots to surrender. Um, this is a private citizen. This private citizen is just sending his army of tanks to threaten aliens. Is that even legal? I have many questions. And when I say army, I mean this is apparently a literal personal army. That's a lot of tanks. It is. It is. It's a lot of tanks. Optimus says they'll only surrender to a legitimate law enforcement officer. Which makes total sense. But then the mayor is also in the helicopter and says that the Autobots are under arrest. This is probably not legal because he's the mayor's not a law enforcement officer. He really shouldn't have the jurisdiction to do this. Optimus orders the Autobots to surrender without resistance. And Burger tells them to follow his army. Yep, he even calls it an army. Private militias don't appear to be legal in Oregon. Millionaires don't care about felony specs. We looked this up. We did. We spent a good 10 minutes trying to figure out if private militias were legal in Oregon. Maybe 15 minutes. It was something like that. We so we took our time to check if private militias were legal in Oregon. <laughs> yeah. God, we checked so many things. We <laughs> did. <laughs> We cut to a reporter interviewing different people about whether they think the Autobots are guilty or not. Then suddenly, we're in a random football field where the mayor, Burger Man, and the Autobots are before being joined by the Decepticons. There's also a zillion people in the arena seats. I would also like to mention that this football stadium is, like, in the middle of a city. Yes. Too. It's so weird. And why would we gather this many people to spectate on this trial of these allegedly dangerous robots? It seems like a bad plan. There are lots of potential hostages there, not to mention the rest of the goddamn city. Right? But this is apparently a trial for the Autobots. After what investigation? God. <laughs> they haven't even been properly charged. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Spike is like, something seems fishy and just jumps down onto the turf from a pretty high up. Um, Spike, His I legs are fine. I have many questions, Spike. <laughs> Why didn't you just go around? Why didn't you just go into the... The other through the regular because he goes into the arena after too like from the field yes and Soundwave you know to deal with a sudden invasion of Spike sends out Ravage all while leaning up against this wall super casually <laughs> and then Spike goes to what he what is presumably the stadium's AV room and watches Burger's tapes again how did he get access to these why were they in there to begin with magical bullshit of cartoons? I have so many questions. Spike realizes that the Autobots in the video never transformed. And then Optimus Prime takes his head off, revealing that it's Starscream underneath. Which doesn't even make sense because Starscream was one of the cons who showed up to fight the fake Autobots earlier in the video. They're making use of, you know, animation errors. I don't know, or maybe it was Thundercracker or Skywarp playing him again. Better question is, how the shoulder bits fit in the Optimus Prime costume? Because those, like, scroll up after the head comes Yeah, off. it's very strange, but can we also talk about Starscream's uncannily perfect acting as Optimus here? Because he has clearly had a lot of practice. 
alone, probably with Megatron. <laughs> Well, maybe the uh, maybe the helmet has uh, voice changing stuff in it because how do any of them so perfectly? Mimic? I would still argue that they would like their inflections and stuff wouldn't necessarily be changed, but yeah, uh, some role playing experience, I guess. Uh, Megatron's got to perfect his lines for when he finally takes down Optimus Prime. Uh huh. Sure. Uh, that's, so. that's, that's gotta be what Starscream's gotten out from his Prime costume. Yeah, definitely. Definitely that! I was gonna say, sounds kinky. <laughs> <laughs> we are hearing some very strange kinks in this episode. Got it. Optimus Prime costume. The what, two Optimus Prime replicas? There's so many. There are so many. Megatron has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how we're gonna summarize it? I feel like, alternatively, I would like to present to you the argument Megatron knows what he wants and is too much of an idiot to actually do it. Yes, but that also qualifies as a problem. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Um, Wheeljack and Ratchet are apparently being played by the other two Seekers, so I guess that takes uh, them out of the running for playing Starscream. Yeah, seriously, then who the heck was Starscream? <laughs> I'm gonna just, yeah, maybe one of the other random seekers. They sometimes have random colored ones sometimes. They haven't done that very much since, like, that pilot, though. Well, not since they brought in, like, the other coneheads and stuff. Yeah, it's because they're usually the ones doing shit now when we need more burps. Maybe they just brought in someone from Cybertron, because presumably they do have access to the space bridge still. Yeah, we haven't seen that in a while either. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, there's lots of lots of possibilities. Does this mean that the Decepticons ship Ratchet and Wheeljack too? I mean, they, the fact that they're there. Yeah, together, yeah. They better. Uh, as soon as Spike realizes all of this, Ravage catches up with them. Outside, they're ready to pass judgment. It's been five minutes and the trial is over and, like, there has been zero research or arguing of cases? God. Add to this, I, uh, just had a co-worker who got called in for jury duty. And that took Two to three weeks. This is not a trial. This is a farce. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Chip tries to stop uh, the judge by saying that Spike was coming back, but no, no, they don't want to wait for children. Yeah, and it's sad that a fucking teenager did better research than these adult men. <sighs> the Autobots are then found guilty and banished from Earth forever. This appears to be an entirely local operation, with a county judge finding the Autobots guilty and then ejecting them from the planet. No one is called in on a national or, you know, even state level during these proceedings. Like, this would be a major political event, and they do not appear to consider any of this. We established early on that the Autobots have relationships with other countries. That's not even getting into if the Ark and surrounding land or effectively Cybertronian land, or like, what constitutes a Cybertronian embassy, for lack of a better comparison, Berger's tank incident could even possibly be considered an invasion or an act of aggression towards a foreign power. But yeah, I think it's safe to say a lot of people would be pissed about this. Yeah, especially considering uh, the Cold War was still going on, and this might be considered, you know alienating of your allies or something especially once it's revealed that yeah no this was an entire decepticon judge. operation 
I would, you know, love to see this rewritten in a way that actually takes the political implications of this into account and addresses these situations seriously and how it would, you know, actually be handled. That would be neat. It would be. That being said, this was still pretty damn funny. Yeah. And the Autobots, you know, being law-abiding robots, do comply and get ready to leave. And then we cut to this giant freaking ship, ready to take off, which, where did it, where did it come from? Where did the ship come from? Who built it? Who designed it? Did the taxpayers pay for this? Or did the Decepticons pull it out of the collective asses? Or is somehow Burgerman the Burgermeister? I mean, it says it says it was supplied by Mr. Burger. I guess. God. How rich is this asshole? <laughs> oh my god, he's, I mean, he's just Edison, apparently, because he is an asshole. And he would totally electrocute an elephant to get his way. <laughs> Electric love. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it's a Bob's Burgers reference. <laughs> Sparkplug asks if there's anything Optimus can do here, basically. And but Optimus, you know, Optimus says no because any action they take would be an admission of their guilt. Oh God, Optimus, you're thinking the same way Comic Optimus did involving that video game. Yeah. He thanks Chip and Sparkplug for the friendship and all the Autobots board the spaceship. Chip and Sparkplug wonder where Spike is, as he's been missing for hours, apparently. And Burger insinuates that if they had an election today, then he'd be mayor. Petty small-town politics. Well, probably medium to large-town politics, given the solar energy plant, but yeah. Yeah, the ship takes off, and Chip cries a single manly tear. At the Ark, Burger and Megatron are now in the Teletrain One room, and Burger wants his three cities now, damn it. He sold his city and, like, the Autobots out for three cities. He sold the planet out for three cities, let's be honest here. That's accurate, yeah. Megatron, like, twists his fusion cannon like it's some sort of, um, telescope yeah. or something. <laughs> and uh, then he shoots Teletran 1 screen, which deletes text off the screen. And then he hits one button and changes the Autobots' flight path from Cybertron to the sun. Somehow the Autobots' ship, despite being from the Burgermeister, was being controlled by the Ark's computer. I don't understand this at all. And we see the Autobot ship heading towards the sun. Okay, the ship has to be a Decepticon ship? I mean, everything is purple. We don't even see all the Autobots in there. Where is everyone else? Were they out of the country? Were they in the Bahamas? Considering all this happened in, like, under 48 hours, I think it's very possible a bunch of Autobots were not at the base. <laughs> and and that's it! That's the end of the episode! Oh no, buy the toys, kids, because the Autobots are hurtling into the sun! Join us next time for Megatron's Master Plan Part 2. The Autobots take an unplanned scenic trip to the sun, the Decepticons get their own parade, and Megatron holds a press conference. There may also be prom. <laughs> <laughs> or something a lot like it. And we have some fanfics for today. One for me and one from Pex. Our first recommendation is Our Darkest Hour by Taipan Kiryu. It's G1 cartoon continuity. It's rated T. It's Gen. Uh, there aren't any pairings, and characters are Megatron, Optimus, and the rest of the G1 cast. And in summary, when an unprecedented event causes a radical alteration in the programming of every Transformer, the Autobots turn against everything they held sacred, whilst the Decepticons stand as the only hope left for humanity. 
and uh, our uh, theme for that is it's a morality switcheroo and uh, type it's a multi-chapter and it was incomplete and I think the last time it was updated was December 2013. I really want to read this one. It sounds good though. <laughs> it's like right up my alley. Yeah. Speaking of my alley. <laughs> um, my recommendation is Little Dude Not Lost by Murphilly. It is Shattered Glass. It is G1. It's Jen. There are no pairings. Our characters are Shattered Glass, Soundwave, and Megatron. And in summary, Megatron goes to check on Soundwave in the aftermath of a bad mission for Rumble. It is a one-shot, and the it's kind of the same theme as the previous one, where you've got Decepticon good guys and Autobot bad guys, but it's Shattered Glass, baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts such as AO3, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr or YouTube. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Els. Toodles.